Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Sound Heart. Uh, tonight's study is going to be taken from Job chapter 9, Job chapter 9. And so with that, let us have a word of prayer, and then we'll begin our study. We do thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be guided by the Spirit of God, who is the author of the Scriptures, Lord, that we might perceive wonderful things out of the book of thy law. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this episode is entitled Job's Storm. Job's Storm. So, um, it would be well worth the effort to study Job in great detail. There is so much here. And again, let me tell, let me say that this is the oldest book of the Bible, and this book was written before uh, the division of, of the Semitic languages. So there are literary gems uh, contained in this book. The it, it is wonderful uh, Hebrew prose and poetry. And so the message itself is timeless. So I'm going to be going into reading from chapter 9. I'm going to start at verse 1. And this is Job's reply to Bildad. And Bildad has some very harsh things to say uh, to Job about his life. So... Before I go to chapter 9, I'm going to read from chapter 8. This is what Bildad, uh, the Shuite, uh, says to Job. This is uh, Job 8.2. Quote, how long will you say such things? Your words are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? Listen now, listen to this. Listen to verse 4. This is what Bildad says to uh, the suffering, the intense suffering of this man. When your children stand against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. Just think about that verse and why Bildad would say such a thing. And so... Remember now, he is speaking on God's behalf about the justice of God. Verse 3, does God pervert justice? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will look to God and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, 
Even now, he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your rightful place. Your beginnings will seem humble, so so prosperous will be will your future be. Now, Bildad says this to the suffering Job, and remember uh, what we read about Job in chapter one. Uh, the we read about his character and his reputation and his wealth. And so uh, this man is attacked. Uh, that is, his reputation and his wealth, uh, all these are attacked on the basis of who he was, his renown. He was renowned. Uh, he was a wealthy man, a holy man, a godly man. Everyone knew this. He was a, a blameless and upright. So... Uh, his character is being attacked. And so uh, Bildad attacks his family. And notice that he uses uh, the doctrine of the justice of God uh, to attack him. And this is self-righteous legalism from Bildad. And so uh, this is very... Uh, th- this is terrible. So uh, later on in the chapter, uh, Bildad talks about witnesses from the past. Uh, and uh, we have to remember as believers, uh, let the past uh, turn the present into a museum and the future into a cemetery. So, oh. There are things most certainly we can learn from Bildad, and if we study him carefully, uh, you will see how very dismissive he is at the beginning of chapter 8 of of Job, of Job's self-witness to his pain. In chapter 9, beginning at verse 1, these are Job's reply uh, to, uh, to Bildad. Then Job replied, Indeed, I know that this is true, but how can a mortal be righteous before God? Though one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? So at the beginning In in chapter 9, verses 1 through uh, 13, Job says, I cannot fight him. I cannot fight him. He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He sells off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion and the Pleiades and the constellations in the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? So, in his reply to Bill that 
uh, Job notes the freedom of God. Uh, and then, and I remember in, chap- in chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, Job says, I cannot fight him. In chapter 9, verses 14 through 35, uh, Job says, I cannot answer him. And in chapter 10, verses 1 through 22, Job uh, states, I cannot understand him. And so uh, in chapter 9, verse 14, we have, verse 17, we have these words from Job. He would crush me with a storm and multiply my wounds for no reason. He would not let me regain my breath, but would overwhelm me with misery. If it is a matter of strength, he is mighty. And if it is a matter of justice, who will summon him? Even if I were innocent, my mouth would condemn me if I were blameless, me guilty. Although I am blameless, I have no concern for myself. I despise my own life. It is all the same. That is why I say he destroys both the blameless and the wicked. So Job has a very powerful reply to Bildad. And then he he goes on to talk about his life. Uh, Job can't put on a smile. And if he could put a smile on his face, uh, it would not change his circumstances. And that would be... Uh, hypocrisy on his part. And so in verse 33 of chapter 9, Job states, if only there were someone to arbitrate between us, to lay his hand upon us both, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it now stands with me, I cannot. So I love uh, uh, the reasoning of Job, the thinking of Job. And even uh, under all the things he has suffered, uh, we see something at work in his, uh, his spirit that, that is wonderfully supernatural. Uh, his friends have not come to ease his pain. Uh, they have come into his life to uh, create more pressure. Uh, they want a confession uh, from Job. And so, uh, and Job will go on in chapter 10, again, to reaffirm the freedom of God. Uh, in chapter 10, verse 7, he says, Though you know that I am not guilty, that no one can rescue me from your hand, from your hand. So uh, the freedom of God is always before uh, the mind of Job. In chapter 13, again, he talks about his friends. Uh, He says in verse 4, chapter 13, verse 4, you, however, smear, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. If only you would be altogether silent 
For you, that would be wisdom. Hear now my argument. Listen to the plea of my lips. Will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? Oh, listen to the language. Listen to the language. Will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? Would it turn out well if he examined you? Could you deceive him as you might deceive men? So the language is very powerful and telling. And Job's friends have come to judge him. And Jesus, our judge, warns us, warns us of censorious judging, that is, of passing sentence on others. Because Jesus himself said that the judgment we meet out is the judgment we receive back. And so Jesus says very poignantly and pointedly, do not judge. Do not judge others. But we see that uh, Job understands this, and he calls his friends worthless, uh, his, uh, worthless physicians, all of you. And what is so telling is that Job, uh, Job can, as he listens to these men, he knows that none of them have come to him to speak of mercy. There, there's no mercy in their words. Uh, they want a confession of guilt, and so they do not approach him with mercy. They do not come alongside as Claytos. They do not come alongside. They do not come alongside of him, of Job as a comforter to him, but to exacerbate. Uh, his smarting wounds. And so be careful of such persons. Uh, if you are going to something that they do not uh, do not understand, they may say that you are going through this particular situation because you are outside of the will of God. Uh, Paul talks about false brethren. You may be around false brethren who want to exacerbate your pain and misery instead of helping you. Go before the Lord, pray about your situation and what is going on. You may have to exit that situation to be at peace in Christ. Good night.